Instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Talk about it. That's poet Mary Oliver, and this is Everyday Wonder, a podcast where we turn down the volume on all the shouting that's going on these days so we can talk about the things that really matter. I'm Brett Will Taylor, and I'm here with our Everyday Wonder co-host, Renee Peck. Hello, Brett Will. And our forever guest, uh, the city of New Orleans. And um, today, it's just family. And that's because the holidays are upon us, a big time of family in our lives each year. And they are starting off, as they always do, with Thanksgiving, which is what we're going to talk about today, specifically our own Thanksgiving traditions. We want to ask if those traditions help us be thankful, or if they get in the way of being thankful? Or is it a little bit of both? And Renee, I thought maybe we should start by spending a few minutes on the basics and talk about Thanksgiving and tradition separately and what they mean to us, um, and then put them together. So let's start. What does Thanksgiving mean to you? What do you think about it? Well, Thanksgiving with a, with a lowercase t, right? Because I'm a journalist and everything is either uppercase or lowercase. Okay. So Thanksgiving with a lowercase t means simply being thankful for what we have. Um, and I think it's a concept that has been lost somewhat in this very hectic and noisy society. I think we are such a um, privileged society in many ways, or many of us are, that we don't stop and be thankful for the things that we have. I concur. And I think, you know, any time you get to be alive is a good day. Well, but maybe and, not um, so much in medieval Europe. I don't know. Well, but you know, but <laughs> I don't know. Depending on who you yeah. were. I, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad, I promise. But um, anyway, the, it was if you, the fleas I, were This around. is a past life we're That's talking right, about. Right. Yes, but, we're, but, that, but we're talking about this Thanksgiving and not the ones from um, ancient times. Um, but, uh, you know, I Thanksgiving is one of my two favorite holidays. I love Thanksgiving and I love Valentine's Day. And the way reason I love them is kind of like what you said, which is I just don't think you can have enough thankfulness or love in the world. And especially in these days and times. You know, this is a podcast that was created to maybe be an antidote or an alternative to shouting not only at your screen or your phone, but shouting at each other. And... Um, I don't think we can summon enough thanks in 2019 to counter all the vitriol that is bombarding us. Um, It's a little bit like pushing a pebble up a mountain, Um, but I don't think it can hurt. And so um, I think the idea of lowercase being thankful is pretty cool. Now, what we're here to talk about is how do traditions influence us being thankful and, um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, tradition is a form of ritual, and we've talked about ritual on this show. I'm a gay guy, so, of course, I love show tunes, and I, music is my muse. So I tend to wake up with a random song in my head. Some of them I can't say because my mother listens to this show. But this one I can. Um, and I woke up this morning, and I could hear tradition, you know, the opening from Fiddler on the Roof. And it's not a song I know very well. Um, but so I looked it up, and there is this part of the of the spoken intro to it not the song itself the spoken intro that says tradition is about how we find balance in our home and i love that and i think the piece is so so can tradition help us find balance around the thanksgiving table when aunt margaret's driving us crazy (laughs) 
You know, you talk about uh, in a day, in a time when we're all shouting at each other, it's nice to have Thanksgiving. When we don't shout at each other, I'm sure some of our listeners out there think Thanksgiving is a time when people come together at the table and do shout at each other because, you know, they come together. That's right. Just coming together just makes, you know, sometimes it brings that out. Uh, Tradition, you know, I'm 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 a linguist, a word person, and tradition, by my definition, is simply a way of behaving or thinking or acting or doing something that's been used by people in a particular group uh, for a long time, so through the generations, whatever. I am a child of the South. I grew up in DeRitter, Louisiana, and I still live in New Orleans, Louisiana, and Southern tradition can be somewhat... um, it, it's it's dictated. Exactly. Everything is done by tradition, and tradition is very important down and here. And tradition is the way it's done. The w- and is tradition the is what's been passed down. This is the way down. we do it. This is so it's a little different depth of definition from from yours, but it's just the way we've always done it, the way it's been passed down, etc. And I find that in Southern traditions, it always seems to evolve back to the family. It's all about family. It's about it's about the family coming together and what families do for one another and how families interact and how families behave and what they do. Uh, my grandparents, one was from Texas, one was from DeRitter, uh, did Thanksgiving traditions in very typical Southern ways. You had all your family around, you sat and you talked and you broke the fast with everyone and you prayed and you held hands um, and you had this particular feast where the foods were the same from year to year to year to year because that's the way it had always been done. And there is a certain amount of comfort in that because that is part of our shared identity. That is growing up as a child who we were. My mother had 42 first cousins, 42 first cousins because we come from such large families. And here in New Orleans with so many Catholic families, uh, there is also a tradition of large families and gathering around the table. And the Southern tradition is that we get together as families and we and we celebrate in a certain way. See, and I, I, you know, I have to say, I've, I, I think I've done a lot of spiritual growth or whatever the hell you want to call it on myself in the last couple of years. But I would be lying if I didn't tell you that at 54 years of age, um, I sit here and there is still a part of me that is so jealous um, and envious of the story you just told. Because, you know, I hear those traditions as they're big and they're messy and there's a lot of laughter and a lot of kids and a lot of running around and, and pretend scolding, you know. Um, and in my family, um, our tradition, um, our traditions, first of all, in my family are were determined and to this day, even though she's been dead 18 years, are mostly held by my grandmother who was this domineering force of nature who I adored. She was Auntie Mame. I was her Patrick Dennis. Um, But Grand was tough, and she was exacting. And our tradition was all about appearances. And so we were a small family. I mean, we are sitting at a table right now for eight. Is that right? Um, And our family wouldn't fill this. But we acted as if we were a large family. Um, And there were rules, and our tradition was – you know, you're, if you eat with your left hand, your right hand stays in your lap. This is the napkin. That this is you. You have to dress a certain way. To this day, um, I get nervous if I'm on an airplane in jeans because if I die in a plane crash and my ghost is in jeans, my grandmother will not talk to me in the afterlife. <laughs> um, so it's this force of nature that was about appearances. Looking back, 
much more than love. And, um, and that those appearances were wonderful to me as a small boy because it was elegant and it was dressed up and it was being an adult, um, which I wanted to be my whole life, crazily enough. And, um, you know, it's interesting as I started this sort of spirit first decline and now hopefully a little bit of an ascension. And I look back at those, it was like, well, we were just pretending. Um, you know, because the reality, I mean, my memory is this grand thing. And I think tradition is all about memory. But in the reality, we were eating beans that had come out of a Del Monte can that my mother cooked on a stove for two hours with a couple slabs of bacon on them because that's how you quote unquote flavored them. So there was nothing elegant about that. You you and I share more in common than you think because the uh, the traditional Thanksgiving meals that my grandparents served, uh, neither one could cook. And if they could burn a piece of meat, it was disintegrated. And if they could serve a vegetable out of a can, that's the way it came. Uh, but it was joyous and it was... Um, very uh, energetic and 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 embraceive, um, but it's funny because tradition in that aspect, what you remember and what I experienced, in some ways, can be also confining. Correct, and that is that you feel compelled to do things a certain way from generation to generation, and suddenly that feels um, like it's suffocating you. Uh, my mother, who grew up in Deritter and who is not a product of her environment, uh, made her personal tradition to not be traditional. And I can so, see that you're your so mother's that, daughter. Well, I mean, when we grew up every year, instead of having turkey and cranberry sauce and potatoes and the green bean amandine casserole, um, she would have something weird. You know, it could be wild duck. It could be venison. It could be a crown roast of pork. It could be whatever. You never knew what you were going to get. And did she know how to cook? She absolutely was oh, a awesome. fabulous cook, unlike my grand- grandmother's. And, um, and she and my dad also orchestrated these adventures so that when we went to DeRitter for, uh, for great grand traditional holidays, we would all come together as family as the other generations had, but she would change it up. They would have treasure hunts. They would have car rallies. Um, they would play games. There is still a dance video out there of my brother-in-law and me doing the disco that um, that is blackmail material Are you forever. Like an or something? Is no, this like Jane it's Fonda just or? it's just eighties, you know, whatever. But the point being that they made it fun. You know, they would put clues on the refrigerator to go find treasure, um, and I carried that along into my adulthood. So that when I grew up and had my own home and I had people here, the last time I had a big Thanksgiving here with all of my family, we did a car rally. Um, when a my car ki- rally? A car rally. Where? In New Orleans, you do you start out with clues and you, and you time the cars and they each leave 10 minutes apart. And then you have to follow these clues to different places and pick up things or take pictures at different places. And, and whoever is involved, I'm sure. And whoever, I mean, not so much. It's uh, whoever has the fastest time at the end of doing all the clues wins. Um, when I did it, I sent them to Metairie Cemetery and the staggering started with the cars about four o'clock. And so the last car went off about six o'clock. And one of the places they had to go was a was a tomb and find the date and the name off the tomb in Metairie Cemetery. And the last car in uh, got locked in. All right. <laughs> so I, I want to. So I just want to push pause here for a second because I think what's awesome about this is um, your traditions are grounded. You were raised by your mother, at least, um, for traditions to be grounded in a freedom to keep it fresh. 
right. and to keep it alive. And I think, you know, that is what a lot of us forget, especially at the holidays. Because again, and my grand has been, grand, if you're listening, I don't mean anything bad about this. My grandmother died in 2001. And my family will still say, well, grand would do it this way. And if you go out on a limb and do it another way, you're inviting hellfire and damnation somewhere in your life. So we're we hesit, we're hesitant about it, and it's only been in the last couple of years that I've realized, you know, we actually can choose. We can sort of, you know, if you don't like a green bean casserole that's got bacon cooked on it because it's the green beans are out of a can, and you get those god awful unless you're stoned French onion crisp. Oh things. come on, French onion crisps are the best things ever invented. Oh, and let's not even go to condensed cream of mushroom soup. <laughs> Yeah, like which is basically similar to like I embalming the, I fluid. The, I put the crunchy onions on top of my uh, well. Then I still, I do still love you, my, but yeah. but you know we forget that we can switch it up. That's something that all of us should try to bring into the holidays. Yes, I learned from my mother that tradition doesn't have to be static; that it can morph over the years into different things. That can be a conflict for families. Because if you don't always see tradition as being the same way of doing things, that's just one more way for you to not get along. Um, so you, ha- you so you have to come to it together with it. Uh, my husband very much would like our traditions to say to stay the same forever. And so if we always open presents on Christmas morning, that's what we'll do forever. If we always have Christmas dinner at one o'clock because that's the middle of the day and that's when we do it. That's when we always do it. Well, as my children have grown into their 20s and 30s and married and had their own children, they want to start their own traditions. And that's fine with me. I get that, and I think that they should. So that if they want to open Christmas, if they want to open presents on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas Day, if they want to have Thanksgiving dinner at their house instead of mine, if they want to go to their in-laws' place for dinner and then come to us for dessert, that's all fine with me. And I think that where tradition falls short is when people are insistent on doing it by rote and it loses its meaningfulness. So your buzzword right now may be authenticity. Mine is meaningfulness. I love that. We should do a podcast together. (laughs) There you go. So if a tradition is meaningful to want, and you know, this is like marriage, you give and take. So if something is meaningful to Stuart and his meaningful thing is to go around the table every Thanksgiving and have everyone there say what they're thankful for. And my daughters roll their eyes and they're like, oh, not this again. But they all do it because they know it's meaningful to him. That's a gift. That's beautiful. And, you know, and I think let's use that to pivot a little bit. So what traditions do you have over time or even starting with your childhood? What traditions do you have that help you be thankful, that help you give thanks? Well, you know, the, the big thing at Thanksgiving is, is food. The, what you serve, what you eat, recipes, family dishes are always the touchstone at Thanksgiving. Um, and like most families, we have our traditional um, Thanksgiving dishes. It's not turkey and dressing. What is yours? Ours is, don't laugh, an asparagus casserole. I don't know where it came from. Oh, what? And, as- and are we using fresh <laughs> asparagus here, Renee? No, this is one of those horrible 60s recipes that has canned asparagus. And God forbid, I am so sorry. What cream, brand? What brand? Cream we have of to go- Lassure. Cream oh, okay. of well, mushroom. Cream of mushroom soup. And it's this weird kind of casserole that my mother served when we were children, and it has followed us through the decades. And when my daughter lived in Paris, she went to Fauchon or wherever she had to go, and she bought $6 cans of asparagus so that she could make the damned asparagus casserole. And although we all do like it, it is a very bizarre thing to serve, but it has come to me and in our family a connection to one another 
and to who we are and to being thankful for having that connection and that meaning. Well, and I think it also, to quote one of my all-time favorite movies, Rocky Horror Picture Show, that that has been on your table for so long connects you to absent friends, to those who aren't there. I think that food is something that connects us to memory. It reminds us that we have plenty on our table, that we're able to buy it and cook it and prepare it and serve it in a very organic way. Um, so the things you were asking that makes that make us remember to be thankful, I think start with that, the harvest. Everybody has a family recipe. I also want to, on this episode, because this is about family and this is about giving thanks, and one of the things I know Renee and I are very thankful for uh, this year is that we get to work with an amazing producer named Thomas Walsh. And um, Hello, Thomas. Hey, guys. So, Thomas, what's, what's your tradition that you know, helps you give thanks? It's so funny to think about all of these things uh, as you guys are talking about them because I could not have a more polar set of Thanksgiving experiences than between the house that I was raised in and the house that I eventually married in with my wife. Uh, my mother does, like, the most formal New England Thanksgiving, you can imagine. The china gets busted out one of three times a year. There's very expensive flatware, stemware that's been in the house since my parents were married 50 and years where are ago. where from in New England? Uh, well, my family's from Massachusetts. Right. I didn't that's grow right. up there. Yeah. I actually grew up in Texas just like everyone else at this table. But my in-laws, on the other hand, had never had any traditions with Thanksgiving. Uh, Christina's father never liked turkey. The complications of preparing that bird to begin with is an all-day ordeal, which her mom didn't like to do. So they never got behind it. I remember the first Thanksgiving I spent with them, we had manicotti for dinner. And I could not. <laughs> you were probably pretty sounds thankful like for that. like my mother, yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what was going on. On. You know, uh, it didn't feel like Thanksgiving without the whole de rigueur laid out in front of me. It may sound corny, but I, I learned that it doesn't matter what the traditions are so much as who you're spending time with. And, you know, that's ultimately how I feel about it. As we were getting ready for this episode, that's something I've thought about a lot. It's like, well, what's the root of the tradition? You know, what are and in my life? We, there have been different roots of it, but um but I think maybe, and this is a question I want to ask you, Renee, in a second about do we need these traditions still, but in our crazy world that we live in where we are so connected yet so far apart, um, just the tradition of sitting around a table, regardless of what you're eating, may itself be something to be thankful for. Yes, and maybe something that's uh, that's going the way of the dinosaur too. Who well, knows? and I was going to say, do we do we still need tradition? Do we still need to sit around a table? Do we need to give thanks in a reg, in a uh, ritualistic way? I think so. I'm old fashioned enough or southern enough to think that yes, we do need our traditions. But as Thomas has pointed out, I don't think we need to be bound by them. I think that he remembers those traditions. I would venture with some fondness because they're part of his childhood upbringing and memory. See, and Thomas just clinched. He right then felt like I'm supposed to say, yeah. Well, sure. no, I definitely have this thing where um, my wife and I have never hosted Thanksgiving. And if we had to, uh, I would feel more pressured to lean in my direction of doing the full blown turkey stuffing, cranberry and, dressing and, and everything. And whether you did or not, I mean, my point is that Looking back on those Thanksgivings with your family, even if it's not a tradition that you continued, it was a family re- tradition that brought you closer or connected you to your family. Well, it's a tradition that venture. shaped you. Sure. You know, traditions are the stories that we hand down. 
So regardless of whether or not we repeat them, they are our stories. And those stories, I think, shape us. This is the time of year where we start to think about resolutions or how we're going to do things differently, or I'm not going to fall into that trap again. I'm not going to let this one get to the best of me. I'm not eating that damn asparagus casserole or whatever. It's delicious. I bet it is. Well, you know, yeah, God, that's what chemicals will do for food. Um, you know, you had said they're the stories we pass down. Maybe the, the change here, the thing that maybe we can all keep in mind as we go into this season is if we could just make a subtle change that instead of saying this is the story of how it is done, we say this is the story of how it was done. Because then you have the freedom to say, and do we want to continue to do right. that or do we want to let it go? Artist Whitman, who is an author and lecturer, wrote at one point, we must cherish our yesterdays but never carry them as a burden into the future. And I think that that's what it comes down to, that we can cherish our stories from the past, but we don't necessarily have to retell those same stories in our present, and we can spin new stories for our future so that if my children want to do different traditions than me, I'm all for it. Uh, if I can remember with fondness the traditions I had with my family at that Thanksgiving table with my crazy mother and my father or with my grandmother before that, more power to it. But I think that you, you remember, as with a good story, you remember and you appreciate, but when you retell it, you may change it or embellish it or shorten it or do whatever makes it yours. Well, and I want to build on something that Thomas said, which was Thanksgiving is about family. And as a gay guy growing up in the, in Texas, I grew up at a time where most of us had to also create a parallel family because there wasn't enough love that we needed in our blood family because we had to hide who we were. But I think at essence, whether it's your blood family or your chosen family or a little bit of both, you know, what we're talking about is being thankful for the fact that you were loved and hopefully you have a capacity to love. You know, I can I can relate to you. I'm not gay, um, but now that would be a powerful episode. It's like there's something I've been wanting, wanting to, to tell say. you. at 65 years old, but <laughs> the I, new tradition coming out. <laughs> but I have not always felt like the 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 nuclear family or the blood family was was what defined me. Um, you know, when I was a young married woman in New Orleans, and when I had small children, and and over very many decades. Uh, as they were growing up, I worked at the Times-Picayune and we had to work on Fridays. So I didn't get the long weekend off that most people do to go travel and go places. And so we ended up spending uh, Thanksgiving in New Orleans. And um, we didn't have any blood relatives in New Orleans. My parents lived five hours away and Stuart's lived in Cleveland. And so we would end up having this sort of potluck group of orphans that came together and became our family for Thanksgiving. And those are some of the best memories I have. We would have Thanksgiving at my friend Gretchen's house, or we would have it at my house. We would pool all of our family. All the kids would run wild. We would go to the St. Pius playground afterward, and they would all sit on the swing set, and we would sit and talk. And so family is a very uh, broad term. They were my family back then, and my memories of that family just like your parallel family are just as cherished by me as the real as the other one. You know, I want to I want to wrap up by us talking about um, what we're doing for this Thanksgiving. 
Thomas, where are you all going to be? What you are know, you going to do? It's actually a pretty big one for me because um, it's my parents' 50th anniversary Ooh, this November. Wow. So yeah. we're going all out, and they're having a big celebration the day before Thanksgiving. Also, uh, it's my birthday that Saturday, so there's another big Good. blowout. Happy birthday. And it's my wife's birthday earlier that week. So there's like four holidays kind of like jammed into like wow. five days. So, so you're not you have you're gonna have a good time. I'm gonna have a great Where time. Where are you having Thanksgiving? We're dinner? gonna be in Austin at my parents' house. Great. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be great. Is and the then, fine china gonna be out? Oh, you can count on that, Renee. <laughs> Especially for all those. <laughs> There's going to be 50th anniversary China that comes out, right? Right? I think that's awesome. You'll have to let us know how it goes. And, Renee, we're actually going to have similar Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, it's it's part of taking tradition and morphing it or changing it or adapting it to your circumstances and what you're doing. And I am dealing with aging parents and in-laws just as um, I know you are. And so this year we're going to be in Cleveland with Stuart's mother. She's 92. And, um, and we will be having Thanksgiving with her. Uh, my children are going to be on their own, going out, making their own traditions with their in-laws or their families or whatever they're doing. And so there's that general, generational passing of the torch so that you look to your kids at certain ages. You look to those older than you at certain ages. I'm still looking for a restaurant in Cleveland that serves Thanksgiving dinner because it's not as prevalent there as it seems to be in New Orleans. But um, And I'm certainly not going to fly into Cleveland and cook a turkey that day. You can you, forget that. You, by the that. way, will now automatically be going to heaven, <laughs> as if there was any doubt. But. But anyway, so that's my Thanksgiving. It will be a quiet one, but that's okay. Yeah, and you know, my thanks, this will be the second Thanksgiving in a, in a row where it will be just my mom and me. And um, there's a beautiful parallel to that because as a child, I was very sick um, for my first 10 Christmases. And so a lot of those Christmases, mom would stay behind with me. And, um, and as my mom does, as moms do, would make it special. Um, and I think, you know, that to have the gift of giving thanks, at least for um, your husband and me, to have two sons that get to look across the table on Thanksgiving and give thanks to the women who brought us into our lives is fundamentally one of the most thankful things you can have and you can offer. Yes. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you for listening in. And uh, we won't see you next week because next week will be the day before Thanksgiving. And you really should be thinking about Thanksgiving then. But we'll see you the week after. Thanks, as always, for listening. The world is a beautiful place. Such a beautiful place. Such a beautiful